Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein, I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a thistle and I love films. As Lao Tzu once said, the flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long which isn't technically true for all sequels, though Creed 2 is three minutes shorter than Creed. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Kyle MacLachlan, and even Led Campbells. But this week, it's the brilliant award-winning comedian, it's Laura Smith. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 15 minutes or more with Laura. We talk secrets. We talk the beginning and ending of things. You get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Laura Smith. Laura Smith is an award winner. She won the Funny Women Award. She's appeared on Live at the Apollo and Jonathan Ross and Frankie Boyle. She's acted in loads of things. She's touring the country this year in her excellent new stand-up show we'd never met before. We recorded this on Zoom about a week ago and boy, does this one go deep. She was amazing. I really think you're going to love this one. She's a fucking delight. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 288 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a comedian, a funny woman award winner, a new world orderer, a Jonathan Rosser, a Guardian writer, a Live at the Apolloer, a hero, a legend, one of the great new comedians in the world working today. She's here. She's live. Can you believe it? I can because I'm looking at her. You're about to hear her unless you're also watching this video. Please welcome to the show. It's the one, the only, here she is. It's Laura Smith. Oi, oi, what a, what oy, a build up. I'll take that all day long. Thank you. How are you, Laura? Nice to meet you. First time we've met, innit? It is true because um, you're more in LA than London now, are you? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. I've seen you on all the YouTubes. I've seen all I've seen all your bits. Thanks. And fucking funny. And uh I saw all your stuff and I was like, she's fucking funny. And then I <laughs> checked with Lou Sanders, who as you know is the voice of reason in comedy. Uh, she's the, the oracle. Sense, 
She's the only sensible voice in comedy. And I said, Laura Smith's fucking funny. Is she nice? She said, yeah, she's amazing. Get her on your show. I said, all right. And yeah, we, we were we were crying pretty quickly on her Cuddle Club podcast. That's how, <laughs> that's how we roll. I think I, I think I, when I first started, I, I kind of reached out to her. I've got geeky fan pics post gigs with Lou Sanders. That's how uh, the really? deep cuts, how much I love her. So yeah, sort of, uh, uh, I can't, no. yeah. So um, yeah, she's my favourite comedian. So um, yeah, yeah, good choice. And, yeah, and a mutual got a mutual yeah so yeah very good choice how long you been at it now five years just about yeah just about yeah, congratulations thank you you've already sort of completed comedy because you've done all the tv shows and live at the apollo i mean i guess that's it right yeah that is it uh, do you know what it's funny i was talking the other day and it's not like you know you have ambition and all of that sort of thing but i i, I was just sort of having a drink with my husband after a gig last night and i just said like, if gigging was it, if the circuit was it, that would be me living my dream. And that's a nice baseline to feel on. I have very few ambitions other than that. And everything else feels good. You know, I've got into writing and developing shows and writing for other shows. And that feels nice. And little bits of acting here and there. I like it all. But to me, the circuit is everything. And the craft and yeah. geeking out with another comedian. I did a new bit the other night and Sean McLaughlin got off to just be forensic uh, yeah. with him. And it was just, it's that's the bit. It just, ah, that's so, I feel like, yeah, maybe tick, tick, tick completed it, mate. But the craft is never complete. So that feels nice. Yeah. I'm sure I've told this before, and forgive me if you've heard this, but you wouldn't have, but maybe. Anyway, years ago, I was doing a gig. I turned up to a gig, and it was in fucking December, and I turned up, and I was like, oh, no, it's like a sort of corporate Christmas gig, and it was at Spiky Dicks or whatever it's called. <laughs> What's that place called? <laughs> Licky Dicks. It was at Licky Dicks. Uh, <laughs> Spiky Dicks. They both sound Dick. tempting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was like under a pub, and it was this whole like office party. It was a fucking night. Dirty dicks. Everyone was in Liverpool. Dirty dicks. Dirty yeah, dicks. Dirty yeah, dicks. Yeah. And, uh, and sucky, fucky, dirty dicks. Is it was lucky, fucky, stinky, <laughs> dirty dicks. And it was like a office Christmas party, and they were hammered, and they were heckling everyone. Everyone was having a nightmare. And I went up quite late, but I sort of had figured out watching it. I was like, "There's no way anyone could do material here. You've just got to fucking play with this crowd and sort of roast them, and that's all that's going to work." Anyway, I ended up having quite a good gig, despite thinking this is going to be terrible, terrible. But afterwards, this very drunk woman came up to me and she was like, yeah, you were, you were quite funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she said, so what's all this for? What's next? And I genuinely was like, <laughs> oh, just another gig. Just another gig. Another one, just another gig. And yeah. she, I could see she felt sorry for me. <laughs> like I could oh, see God. that she was sort of like, is this it? And I was oh, sort of like, yeah. And I remember thinking, and I am so grateful that I am not doing you. what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so grateful that I'm not going back to the office tomorrow that I get to do. You know what I mean? I was like, I know you feel sorry for me. Yeah. <laughs> but this is it. This, I know. Isn't, I know. this isn't going anywhere. It's just <laughs> this. More of this. Yeah. And I'm happy. And you feel sorry for me. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's so funny people's responses to what you do. And, you know, there's always that thing like women get, I'm like, I've got children as well. So it's all like that kind of, oh, it's good that you're, like, I was yeah. like, oh, well done. Or how'd you do this? And I made a stupid like video for my Instagram and oh, just yeah. my mates sort of went, I don't know how you find the time. I thought, well, this is all I do now. I just sort of dick about, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I just think, like, I love it. And people go, what, you love it? I love it. I love, yeah. I love bad gigs. It's that thing of, isn't it? Like a bad, a bad comedy gig still better than any day of work I've ever done. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Laura, I, um, I hope you don't mind. I read your Guardian article that you wrote. Um, yep. And it made me cry. And I thought it was a very, very beautiful I thought it was a really fucking great bit of writing and really, mm, basically, if you don't mind, it was about your cancer diagnosis, correct? Yeah, yeah. And you, you are now all clear and, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, congratulations. And uh, And I thought it was just such a good bit of writing. It was so sort of wise and funny and heartbreaking and, and, like, <laughs> and seriously good advice. There's really yeah. good advice in it. And anyway, I was just like, God, she's a fucking good writer. And... Oh, thank you. I wondered if I may ask how you are having been through this terrible, terrible thing. How long ago were you all clear? How, how long has it been? 
Well, really, after my surgery, that I was considered in remission, as they say, and then everything else has been adjuvant therapy to keep me safe. And, it, you know, anyone that's had cancer or anything, serious health stuff, knows there's a sense mm. of like, you know, you don't know and you're sort of that thing of going five years, ten years. So it's a couple of years now I've been all right. And, you know, the article that you're talking about, I talked about it in context of kind of, you know, coming to live my dream late and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it's good. And, you know, the basis of this show about, you know, you asking people about how they feel about death so we yeah, can jump I was, in there. <laughs> so yeah. As I was reading your article, I was like, oh boy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought, well, I know I've got an answer to that. Yeah, do you know great. what I mean? And great. am I scared of death? And I don't know, maybe this is a comedian's mentality, but or just a sort of bit of a fighter mentality. But I realise the anxiety of a diagnosis is, is so powerful. And every letter that you receive, everything that you get about it, you know, you, you're very disempowered. Just, just you know... It's a disempowering thing. You're in the hands of the doctors. I was thinking of a joke where I go, I don't like doctors because I had cancer and it was a doctor who told me, which is just a stupid way. But there is some truth in that. Do you know what I mean? Because you're like, yeah. ah, you're, you're, you're my gods now because I'm waiting for what you tell me about this scan and that scan. And I just realised I had to be okay with dying in order to, wow. I, I still don't want to call it a fight, in order to just be on this, I also don't want to call it a journey, but yeah, to, yeah. To, to be in this kind of process, I thought, okay, if I can, I, it's a mentality, like, almost like you at Dirty Dicks, if I can handle the worst, I've watched them all now, if I can handle the yeah. worst, I, I'm just rolling then, do you know what I mean? And there's sometimes, and so if I went at it with this kind of, don't die, don't die, don't die, I think that anxiety would have consumed me but as soon as I went, okay, you know, I can be at peace with, I can be cool with dying. That was an it sort of an, an integral part of the the fight of coming out the other side, where I just didn't want it. It's the end of labyrinth. You have no power over me. You know that that when yeah. everything falls away, it was it or, or the Matrix, which borrowed heavily. Nudged, but you know that kind of oh, when <laughs> yeah, you realise <laughs> it has no power over you. And I and I, I I said to my husband, tell me you and the kids will be all right. He goes, we'll be all right. I said, all right, we'll be. All right then and obviously oh. I have the fear in the sense of like you know hugging my children it, it'll be saying goodbye you know li leaving them to fend for themselves but also you know I, I, I dug really deep it all got a bit cosmic um oh. I'm obsessed with near-death experiences there's a brilliant one that's a that's an account of one by Anita Morjani who was at death's door, had this huge near-death experience and just went back into her body. And so I always sort of go, yeah, I just, it's like when people go, how was life at the Apollo? I go, oh, I chose to enjoy it. I sort of feel like, <laughs> oh, I'm just choosing to live. I'm just, I'm yeah. just going to live. And and how, like, fill up my cup. So, yeah, it, it's funny That's to amazing. ask someone about death and tell them they're dead and in, in a kind of premise when you know yeah. they've kind of fought for their life. Really but I was having, yeah. yeah, I was talking about my husband the other day and I was, with my cranio osteopath, because that's the sort of stuff I do now. Because Lou gave you one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that. And I was sort of going, I said, well, obviously, he's never had the privilege of fighting for his life. And she went, wow, what a way to frame it. But I thought, oh, yeah, that is must how I look at it. You know, there is this sort of thing where everything, all priorities reshift, like shift and... And it, um, and, and it is nice, you know, you, the tough stuff does give you the lessons. So it's, yeah, I'm not scared of death at all. I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of death. That's it. Wow. I just don't, I know I'm not. Well, then... You're dead. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I forgot to tell you, you are dead. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> you are dead. Uh, so well done. You did it. Uh, how did you die? <laughs> it, it was in me bones. It came back. <laughs> I probably, I'd like to, yeah. I don't know, I think I'd like to die, yeah, sort of, I'd, I'd like a, com a comedy death, I suppose. I'd like to, like, die a hero. That's what I, yeah. yeah. It was, it was standing, it was catching a stray bullet or defending someone. That's what I'd like to think, yeah. Who was the bullet aiming for? Some poor kid that didn't deserve it and I jumped oh, shit. in. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like. Yeah, yeah, you're and welcome. fast, so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, so you stepped in front of a kid being shot. I mean, this is, at first it was dark, but this was pretty dark. Uh, 
tell me this, the person who, who you just mentioned, the story of the near-death death experience, what was it? What what was the... Her name's Anita Morjani and it's dying to be me. But I just listened, do you listen to Theo Von's podcast? Theo Von... I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, Theo Von has had a recent guest who's with this Dr. Jeffrey Long, I think his name is, who's mm-hmm. studied over 4,000 different things of near-death experiences and the overriding themes of all of them and her book is called dying to be me and he's got a book all about it and just the incredible peace that people experience and 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 the recurring themes and things they couldn't possibly have known or been aware of and so i I find them really fascinating yeah can you tell me the recurring themes (laughs) the recurring themes are an overwhelming sense of peace an overwhelming sense that actually this is the real the they talk about oh the real world the real existence Mm-hmm. a sense of a creator, a sense of, uh, or rather a source, a divine source, um, a sense of 360 degree sort of vision and other hypersenses. So it's all happening at once, all together. Uh, an awareness of other spirits that you recognise on a kind of connective level and no fear. And then the, Theo, in his own kind of crazy way, he he says something like, you know, well, why do we have to do this bit? Why would you want to go back yeah. into your body? Why do we have to do the human bit? And another thing, that a recurring theme from it is that, oh, it's an absolute essential part of the experience, this bit. So right. that all the, that we need to learn. And, and there's a really nice reassuring bit at the end of the conversation where they say, well, actually, because, and I think I talked about this on Lou Sanders, our mutual friend and comedian Lou Sanders podcast <laughs> about, because she said, what's the point of life? And I was, it's like, and they say the same thing. It's about to do the work. You know, I think right. we live in an age where it's like, you know, oh, my anxiety or my this or my... And, and and there's a sort of kind of leading with the thing that's holding you back. I would, but... And, 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 and all these things that we're, you know, rightfully sort of maybe crippled by emotionally. But actually the work is to kind of connect, connect to your fellow man and get rid of all the things that stop you, the hang-ups, the fear, the hurt, the trauma, which we all have like in in, in varying degrees and, and, and things affect us, you know. So it's about overcoming all of that to reach out and love and get as close to that spirit realm that we're all heading to eventually anyway and I and so yeah I, I'm interested in that I'm interested in um well yeah it's this is like the end of you know Jacob Marley in Christmas Carol he's like <laughs> you know you're a good man of business and he says business you know mankind was my business you know this all these things that mm. all these ego things that occupy us in in loads of different things all the hang-ups all our crutches and all that sort of stuff but actually it's about overcoming all of those so that we can see each other really be present and connect and commune and love and care for one another and all that good stuff so yeah really lovely conclusions and 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 phenomenal things in in these near-death experiences like a young couple that fe- he fell asleep at the world and they he had a shared near-death experience but his fiance didn't make it but he was oh, he was God. very at peace and knew that she'd gone wherever she was she, he was at peace with that and Wow. And and a woman that had never had sight in her whole life actually was had could come mm. back and describe things that she saw on this other side and and so it is a really phenomenal study and it's a, you know it's a doctor it's a he's a medical doctor that decided to go into this study so really fascinating stuff so um, yeah I, I think I think you know it's hard to you know once you've gone through stuff it's hard to kind of go back and be go God that's where I was at yeah yeah. But I was so anxious, obviously, at the start of any yeah, di- okay. of my diagnosis. So I was really consuming a lot of good stuff and mad stories. Like, you know, uh, really, I quoted it in the article that you referred to, but um, this book called Cancer as a Turning Point, where people, where he worked with this guy, um, Lashan, a psychologist, worked with people for such a long time. And he was saying what he describes as the Vienna model when he was talking to people that were dying and, you know, tell me about your father, tell me about your mother or all this. Mm. He said, no one got better. Nobody got better. When you start going, oh, what, what, what do you wish you did with your life? What would you have done if this and what could you? And that these people just went, well, I never travelled. Or, you know, this is in the 40s, 50s and 60s mm. and 70s where it was really restrictive and people did had restrictive lives. And, and then, you know, you'd have stage four cancer patients going off and still sending postcards 25, 30 years later, you know, and that actually getting rid of all the weight that stops you doing things and going for it, the emotional weight, you know? Fascinating. Yes. <laughs> this is a different podcast. No, this is exactly what I, this is brilliant. I appreciate it. That's so interesting. And so now 
do you feel, because I, I sometimes think at smaller levels when people have, when, you know, when I've had it where you, I don't know, meditate and you have this like, oh, you have some oh, yeah. vision or you have some breakthrough, it feels like a breakthrough. But then it's, it's difficult to sustain that when you go back to normal life and yeah. gigging and raising your kids and all of that, like this kind of spiritual awareness you feel and stuff like how much do you feel day to day you keep that and how much do you get caught up in that fucking parking ticket or whatever yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah of course so we, we you know it's 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 just being kind to yourself in all of that it's daily forgiveness of yourself and others and and trying to stay present my big thing that I really had to learn on so much of my energy field everything was oh you know speculative what's going to happen when I was mm. a teacher whatever I've done it's all as if 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 and you're going towards the future but uh, quite a good practice of bringing it back to the present and it, to the point of like, I don't know what I'm doing till this day. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah, great. Because you can race ahead. So I can tell when that sort of uh, 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 gritted teeth sort of determination, frontal lobe, uh, 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 cranky, cranky, crunky energy is kicking in. And you, you know, you remind yourself to surrender. You remind yourself to kind of uh, uh, surrender and accept and, and even accept if you're, you're wound up yeah of course I'm wound up I haven't slept for a few nights or you know of course so. yeah. there's a lot going on in the world of course you know accept a sort of things and um, I, like I say when I know that I'm quite ratty or I'm paranoid or I'm insecure I think ah oh, I sort of treat them like red lights warning lights on a car I think okay you've been you know eating badly mm. or you've probably had a glass of wine three times this week or you know you haven't slept well like take a step back. So it's and and this same woman she talks about that as well. This in this dying to be me book she says when you know when her business is things that you think need more effort it's the counterintuitive thing to say ah things are quite crunky I'm not flowing with the universe mm. step back and rest. I mean it's the same in stand up isn't it? You know I only ever say I killed yeah. it in stand up when you know <laughs> I, I've discerned something magic in the room and I'm surfing yeah. that and and you know orchestrating that. You know, I can tell my jokes, I can write a joke and I can go, oh yeah, that was good. But there's those rare magic yeah, nights where you the, go, yeah. what Neil Young describes as being at one with your outward breath, that's always a nice state to be in, isn't it? Yeah. How has it affected you as a parent? I am assuming you're a very wonderful parent. Do you, do you feel... Oh no, yeah. <laughs> do you feel more... I, and perhaps you always were. Do you feel like this has made you a better parent? Has it made you a worse parent? Like, how, how does it affect you with your kid? I think so. Um, well, it's been a bit of a journey, really. I, I am, yeah, you know, we're all still pieces of shit. You know, I'm still a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I am, I am. Yeah. In, in in the year, what was nice about getting cancer was like it gave me a license to be really selfish. And I always miss that. You know, so it's like I always yeah. wanted like I was wanting my leg in a brace when, or glasses when I was in school. Do you know what I mean? So it's a little bit like. Yeah. Oh, I'm the not well one. There's something really yeah. nice about it. Do you know what I mean? And you're not allowed to say it. It's like license to take care of myself. So I had quite a year of being quite selfish and I was doing a lot of stuff. Then I've actually, you know, when you're in survival mode and then you come out of survival and I thought my kids weren't in a good place. You know, last, so the beginning of last year, they just weren't happy. They weren't happy at school. Mm. My little boy was very emotional and it was all coming out in different ways. So actually it was a little bit like, okay, we they they need me so it was like message received loud and clear and I think you know I do think we live in a world where everyone's so busy and it's like oh you know I've got all this stress at work and now the kids are kicking off and you're like no the kids are kicking off do you know what I mean because yeah, of everything yeah. going like this weird detachment who have so I, I kind of I think I'm a good parent in that I thought oh, okay I'm hearing you and and you know it felt very much like let's let's restore some balance in the force and everything and so that that was nice so yeah I I, I think I'm a good parent in the sense of I've unlearned a lot of things. I've been a parent a long time. I had my oldest when I was young and, you know, she certainly got the brunt of a lot of my own kind of stress and not knowing how my unhealed stuff was coming out in different ways mm. and everything and having a lot to prove. And I think because I'm taking care of myself a little bit, I've got I've got more capacity. I don't get triggered of like, ah, I can't, I haven't got the capacity for this. I'm, I'm conscious of making sure we've got, you know, the language in our house, to quote my <laughs> middle child, Cool, your cup gets full quick. Like, so we, that's a little like, because <laughs> when I'm like, can we get out of this bloody house? So, you know, yeah, they, they know, they know who I am. So, yeah, definitely balance and taking care of them. Yeah. So, of course it has. Yeah. Of course. Fantastic. I mean, I guess we should, I guess we should probably also talk about films. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Go on. Uh, if, if we have to. Uh, yeah. what, hang on. So do you think there's a heaven? Yeah, yeah, but not in a Philadelphia advert kind of way. In a kind of, I think that 
from anything I feel and understand about it, like you talked about meditation and I've had lots of like hypnotherapy or doing mushrooms or things that are, you know, when you're just like mm. elevating higher. I think that, I think there's, you know, light and vibrations and cosmic sort of connections are all there. I just think that we live in the world with limited perception from all of our senses so that we all know, don't we? We all know that feeling of cosmic connection when it happens yeah. or a coincidence, we might call it, or just manifestation or stuff like that. So I just think the heaven is almost like the real the real existence. Do you know what I mean? Like the real, yeah. where, we're, where we're no longer limited by all our sort of bullshit. <laughs> Or some yeah. people call them bodies, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, I just see. I do. I do. I, I really do. I believe. I do. I believe in God. I believe in heaven. Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you something, babe. You're absolutely right. There is a heaven. You're welcome in it. You can get rid of this bullshit, as we call them bodies. And you're welcome. Come inside. Everyone's a big fan. I want to talk to you about your life. Oh, it's filled with your favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? Chicken wings. Right. Heaven is made up of chicken wings. The, the sofas are made of chicken wings. Oh the walls are made of chicken wings. You can just grab, anything you grab is a chicken wing. Oh, God. I can't get emotional. I don't know emotional. if you like this anymore, but it's chicken wings. As far as the eye can see, it's chicken wings. And the chicken wings want to talk to you about your life. They want to talk about it through film. And the first Yay. thing they ask you, Laura Smith, is what's the first film you remember seeing? Oh, I can't. I, I feel like it's really... There's, I feel, I, I think it might be something awful like Nightmare on Elm Street or something, <laughs> like from behind the sofa, an awareness of my okay. brother and his friend watching it and being really terrified. I think it might be something like Jesus. that. I know. How old do you think you were? Well, I, I think you could date it probably five or six, but you know, like for, I don't think I saw it, but it was on and it was yeah. all really scary. I feel like that was a big. Thing, yeah. That's really scary. Yeah, that's really scary. That's a really scary start yeah. to films. I was very scared of that when I was a little a little child. Yeah. That was a very scary. I think it was, and yeah. Do you like being scared? What's the scariest film you've ever seen? I mean, that's probably still up there. I think that I think that affected me. That was in my head, this idea of dreams and things that could threaten you. What's the scariest film? I mean, I'm not good with scary. I think Wicker Man's the scariest film. Do you know that? Oh, yeah? Yeah, of course. I, I, I know that it's, because it's so, I think that's much clever scare, isn't it? That sort mm. of creepy, what's going on kind paranoid, of. Like... Paranoid, And also the kind of midsummer sort of paganism yeah. and floatiness and loveliness and... I think what a weird comment on the world that we live in. Do you know what I mean? Of like, yeah, yeah everything's fine, but oh, you just we just sacrifice virgins. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and you know, in that sort of, I think some films pull their punches, don't they? It's like Shutter Island. I find that very scary. But then it was, do you see what I mean? Then it was, yeah. was he paranoid? A very funny thing to have paranoia is totally confirmed. That's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, all those paranoid films, they're always right. I've never, I don't think I've seen a film where it's about someone thinking something's going on and it turns out it wasn't, except yeah, for maybe yeah. The Father, but that's about dementia. Oh God, what a beautiful film though. How how, mm. how incredible is The Father. But what's the one with um, John Goodman, The Cloverfield Lane? Uh, Cloverfield Paradox? Is uh, it Cloverfield. No, Cloverfield Lane, yes. Yeah, Clo yeah and that's, that's great. sort of double paranoid because is this guy a psychic? So in a weird way, yes her paranoia was wrong he wasn't weird but he was paranoia was correct it was outside. so that's a weird one isn't it actually that's good that's a great film actually that's a good film 10 cloverfield lane that's what that yeah 10 cloverfield lane yeah so wicked man uh, do you like being scared do you hate no it? i'm i'm not good at it i'm not i'm not good at that yeah, I'm not one that wants to watch Saw or anything like that. I feel like, I, I like being scared. I like being on edge. I've just started re-watching Far the Fargo's after watching Fargo season five. And and right. you're you're like that the whole time. I find like Fargo <laughs> season five really creepy. So that is great. But when, I don't like horror. I don't like showing the nastiest possible thing. I think that's well yeah. cheap to do that. Like yeah. to just be in your own head and imagination is brilliant. You know, that's why I think <laughs> I like older horror films like that. Yeah. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. What about crying? What's the film that made you cry the most? Are you a big crier? Yeah, I'm a big crier. I, I love crying. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I love crying. As a kid, and this might be actually one of an early films that I watched as a kid, I feel like Nightmare on Street's quite a dark start because there was loads, like Labyrinth was always on, it felt like. Labyrinth, um, and Lady Killers, that, that seems to be oh, a yeah. film that we had a lot. We watched that a lot. That was one of the few VHSs we had. But Champ, oh my God, I remember crying. You know the boxing film Champ with John Boyd? Yeah, oh my <gasps> the God. The Champ, oh my God. Wake up, Champ, wake up. Oh, I'm going to play that at my funeral just to make sure people cry. <laughs> just that desperation of like, wake up, Champ. Oh my God. And then I remember My Girl. That's I cried so funny. hard at My Girl. And then cried and cried then and it's only happened a few times like I cried and went into my mind I was like I wish I was in that film I wanted to be like the Anna is it Club Klumsky I, I just was it seemed I just so was so emotionally moved by it and then the fact that it was a little girl that I kind of was was the same age as yeah. I, think I was just crying out of jealousy by the end <laughs> like a weird narcissist you, want, I am. you wanted your friend to have died of these things my friend from home alone uh, yeah. it felt so tragic yeah I love a cry I like someone with such low self-esteem that they don't think anyone will cry at their funeral, so they play the champ. <laughs> the champ, yeah, I know. Oh, I just, I just can't. Anything like that, you can't believe. I mean, I cried at Lion King. I remember crying at Lion King. Oh, Anything yeah. that, that, oh. So, yeah, that was a big deal. What about a film that you love that is not critically acclaimed? Most people don't like it, but you love it unconditionally. Like Rocky Four. Rocky Four is a great. Is a perfect <laughs> it's a, answer. Perfect, isn't it? Because I, I, I realize I like a lot of sequels as well. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, yeah give me, make it bigger, madder, better. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I and actually sitting through Rocky, you're like, oh, can we get to the mad montages, yeah. please? It's taking. Yeah, too Rocky long. One's depressing. It's so Rocky depressing. Four. Rocky Four. He he sorts the Cold War out. That's what I mean. It's They've great. got the formula down. And I love all the Creed films, love both Creed films. I mean, yeah, love Creed's Michael B. Really Jordan. Good. They're really good. I know, and and just, uh, yeah, all day long I could watch those sorts of things. I love, yeah, I've always loved sequels. I love, I think I love Ghostbusters too, more than Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think I do too. Mm. There, we said it. Yeah, there, we said it. It's not, it's just so... It's not a crime. Yeah, it's not a crime. I love it. Back to the Future 2, more than Back to the Future. I think I like yeah. them all. Yeah. <laughs> Give it more. Give Greece, it, you know. Greece 2 better than Greece. Oh, we've I know. All, Listen, that was another one of the few VHSs. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer can do no yes. wrong, can she, though? She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. I love Greece so much, though. I can't, I can't, 
I can't. I do love. I love Greece too, in the sense that people pan it in that context. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, it's Greece. Greece is perfect. Listen, Laura, Greece too. But we both know it. <laughs> we both know it. Yeah. Yeah, Ghostbusters 2 is fucking great. It's so good. It's also more coherent, I think, than Ghostbusters 1. Ghostbusters 1 is all over the place. It's all over the place. I'll tell you what, the new one, The Afterlife, oh my God, what a film. Oh, tick, tick, tick. Love it. What about a film that you used to love? You loved it very much, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, I don't like this no more, because you might have changed. Well... There's a lot of films in that category for me because you try, oh my God, my kids need to watch this. So like Ghostbusters yeah. one, you're like, Nuh. and there's like, you know, get, people get ghost giving heads. And you know, you go, the <laughs> 80s, there was a lot of cocaine in a lot of development <laughs> rooms in the 80s because you're just like, what was actually happening? Yeah. Even the Goonies, you're like, oh, this quite weird crap. And the pace of films, I can't believe how slow films yeah, are. My kids yeah. are like, can you cut to something quickly? Can there be 100 minions <laughs> in it, please? Like, So there's that. But Breakfast Club is one. The Breakfast Club. Okay, tell me, because I've got thoughts on this, luckily. It, there was just this sort of like, I, I, like we loved it. It's so iconic, mm-hmm. you know, the walking off at the end, the edginess and all of that. But actually, the edgy people in it aren't edgy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He gets stoned and starts doing backflips. You yeah. know, the whole tape in his ass cheeks to get... Like, the cry, it's, it's so American violin playing kind of... It's not... It, it just doesn't work. It's like, the teacher's the best thing in it, I think. I mean, <laughs> and I true. love... Like, I love Molly Ringwood. Yeah, love Ali Sheen. Love, love them all, but it's just... It just... It just doesn't work for me anymore. Uh, yeah, sorry. And that's something I love. Yeah, that was my answer to this question was The Breakfast Club because I watched it a few years ago and I was like, oh my God, I hate them. I hate all of them. (laughs) Yeah. I hate these whiny little fucking, oh, my dad wanted me to get good grades. I was like, shut up. But I have to say I have reevaluated again. I was on a a plane the other day and for some reason I was like, maybe I should give this another chance. I watched it again. I was like, do you know what? Yes, it's got many, many issues, but I get it again. As in I sort of go, because what I think I hadn't noticed the second time is there's a really good scene with the teacher and the janitor where the teacher's going, these fucking kids, da 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 and the janitor goes, what are you talking about? It's always this, you were this, they were this, yeah. they'll be you. Like, there's an awareness of, of course you find this annoying, but you yeah, were this, yeah. and they'll be this. And I was like, oh, all right, I okay, like this more than do. I thought I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just think how iconically, like, I love, like, Pretty in Pink. That That's never, yeah. you know, for a nut, because it was just Molly Ringwald was everywhere, yeah. wasn't she? So, like, that still stands for me and, like, Ducky and, oh, I just love, yeah, I just love all that, yeah. What's the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is good, but the experience you had watching it will always make it iconic oh, to you. Okay, I might, I'm going to try and give this answer about crying. I might have to close my eyes. So my dad died when I was quite young. I I was 10. And, you know, my mum, now I have kids and I've realised I'm exactly the same age as my mum was when she was widowed. And I just, you know, I just thought they're all, you know, that's kind of crazy. And my, I don't know what, I don't know how my mum kept us together because she just made it look easy. No help from no one. Four kids. And her birthday was in the January a few months after he died and she took us all to watch Home Alone 2 Lost in New York mm. and then we had a McDonald's afterwards and obviously, I think even as a 10 year old I knew this is, wasn't my 42 year old mother because I'm just a selfish sort of brat but at this age of my 42 year old mother's sort of dream birthday <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But she, she gathered us together and took us and it felt like a real treat and there was a real sort of you know when you are enjoying that sense of togetherness? I, I sort of look back at that time and think of all of us as, as on a sort of raft. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. together. And it just, I just loved that film. And I just feel mm. like, I, I think I knew at the time how kind that was of my mum and how, and probably what a stretch it was. You know, even financially, I want a patronizer to sort of yeah, yeah. do that and do a thing that was a treat for us. You know, when, you know, you remember kindness yeah. is in tough times sort of thing. Of course she was going to be kind, so she's our mum, but... That was a big one. I, f- I feel like I just love that film because of that. I always associate it with that. Did she love the film? Do you remember her? Or was it like for you? Do you think she enjoyed the it, film? I think we all loved Home Alone. We were yeah. sort of, you know, any. I feel like when I was a kid, anything we loved, it had to be 
loved by jewelry. Like even this getting ready for this podcast was like yeah. there's been there's been chats, there's been big chats, there's been like you can't forget <laughs> that, you know, like you know, there's been big memory lane chats. And I was the, the other answer possibly for this was like one time me and my sister bunked school because dad was home and you know where he you know he just rather than he knew we weren't really ill so he took us to watch Ghostbusters 2 again do you know so that was oh, a great. big thing that I still loved do you know what I mean like that naughtiness but um yeah I think she loved the film and I think we all loved it we loved we, mm. we we all enjoyed it but it was just a kind of yeah I think we were all um. anticipating it with excitement and even though we you know I just think of it as a nice experience that stands out as a cinema experience more than anything else. May I ask, is your mum still alive? Yes, she is. She's um, she's in her seventies. My mum and she's oh yeah, she thinks she's gonna she thinks she's gonna live forever. She cycles everywhere and she keeps herself busy. And she's always yeah. She just thinks she she doesn't want to die at all. She just she doesn't like old people. She's like oh god, they take you know pills for their knees. Like she's just like no thanks. So she's 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 I, I think she sort of lives like one of these older Japanese people in the blue zone. You know, like she just stays busy. She's always crafting. She's always like switched on and keeps herself busy and all of around the kids and everything. And just so she's yeah, she's she's cool. She's fine. She's doing I good, she, right? Will you send her this podcast? I would like her to hear that oh. story. Oh. She'll go, no, don't say nothing about me. Don't mug me off. <laughs> you bugging me off for that one? <laughs> yeah. I was being nice. Shut up. Yeah. Don't mention me. You leave me. me out of it. Yeah, proper like one of those ones. Like, you know, when it's like, what did you do this summer holidays? And mum will be like, who wants to know? Well, come, come <laughs> I <then>. fucking <laughs> totally get that. I feel that way about all like small talk. Like, how, how was your weekend? It's not your fucking business, though. <laughs> What, what are you after? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here now, aren't I? Let's talk about what's talk about yeah, that yeah. over there. We're being present. <laughs> yeah. What is the film you most relate to? Oh God, oh, this is really hard. This is the hardest question. Do people find this difficult? A lot of people find this one difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare that people go. I know this one, but sometimes they do. Yeah, I find this really difficult. I, I'd say there's shows that I go, okay, oh, I can relate to that bit or that bit. Do you know what though? I mean, as ridiculous as it is, Kill Bill Volume Two. <laughs> I love Kill Bill Volume Two. Kill Bill Volume Two, where we kind of get the kind of okay, now we're cooking with gas thing, and then she gives this speech, and and I, I have such a love hate relationship with Quentin Tarantino and yeah, films and and what he thinks he can get away with. But when she talks about, because like I said, I had my child when I was young, when her priority shifted, when she got a positive pregnancy test, all of a sudden, you know, I, I kind of attribute my whole life to my eldest child. Because you know that kind of... Ooh. And there's a bit where, you know, I, just, I love it when the um, she curls up with her and there's this nice bit where it says, you know, the lioness was reunited with her cub and all was yeah. well in the jungle. I always feel like that when I've been away from the kids. And also, I fucking never let shit go. <laughs> so if, there, if anyone's going to go on a killing rampage for something, like, it would be me. I can still talk about minor things. So You're on yeah, a roaring like, rampage of revenge. What, how, yeah. how, can I ask how old your eldest is now? She's 21. And, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And are you still super, super, super tight love for her? Oh yeah, we are. She she she's she's phenomenal and she she really blows me away. She's um you know, we just were having a laugh talking about this categories and all that and it was funny hearing her answers because her answers were like mad. I was like, "Oh no, yeah, I remember that film or you know, things that <laughs> yeah. I've passed on to her and and stuff that she loves." I was like, "That's that's wild." So it's quite nice hearing it from her perspective and yeah, she she's really lovely. She's I'm proud of her. I just think, you know, she's She's really lovely kid. Woman, she's damn. a woman. She's a bloody woman, please. Thank she's you. She's a woman, yep. Laura Smith, what's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Oh, God. I mean, this is so... There's so many things, right? Okay, I'm going to say a few, because <laughs> Weird Science... Yes, please. Oh, I mean, I... Yeah, that's the answer, and it hasn't that's come the answer. so long. Uh, that's that's the answer, people obviously. said it. Come on, that was so sexy. Yeah. Just everything about it's sexy. Robert Downey Jr. is sexy in it. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock, never forget. Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, not Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, I mean, that's, I I think maybe I had a couple of years as just a teenage boy. You know, my daughter daughter goes, cool, if I had a tail, I'd have, yeah, I'd have wagged it. And just their kind of, you know, I think, yeah, all of it. You don't need to explain it, does it? It's just sexy. Sexy, sexy, mad, sexy 
brilliant. Yeah, it's a very sexy, very, very sexy film. I mean, <laughs> they make the perfect woman. They make the perfect woman out of a computer. And yeah. she's getting LeBrock and you go, yeah, can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. The fashion's in it, the kind of lace yeah. gloves, the kind of, I mean, uh, the baddies. I just fancy both the baddies in it and, <laughs> and the good boys. I just, all of it. The good boys. The bad the boys, boys and the good boys. The good boys and good boys love it all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all of it just yeah. didn't know where to direct your sexual desire yeah yeah it was just fucking all over that film <laughs> uh, even, the, even the rocket at the end <laughs> like even when yes, Bill, Bill Paxton turns into a poo oh, you were like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird film he does get turned into a giant poo at the end you forget yeah. also there's a weird bit in there Jazz bar, blues bar. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. When he gets stoned and he's sort yeah. of jive talking, yeah. <laughs> Which he also does in the Breakfast Club. I realise. Yeah, so it's that's obviously his, a thing. That's his thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a subcategory: troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. A film you found arousing, you weren't sure you should. Well, it's sort of the dirty version of weird science because it is. Let's face it, you're never... The coming-of-age sexy stuff is kind of, like, where it's at, isn't it? Because you're just like, oh, my God, yeah, we all knew that sort of feeling and you can project all your fantasies onto it. And then I remember, like, Rita Sue and Bob too, which I know is a really sexy film, but it's so problematic and so wrong. But that kind of dirty sex, you're just like, yeah, give me that (laughs) disgusting, it's my turn next sort of rotten sex. And, and with that, Shane Meadows does it really well as well. These sort of, that are kind of dark and offbeat, like a room for Romeo Brass when Paddy Constantine character is just like boner in a wire front. And all, it's all just like gross. But you know, when you sort of, you can, it so recalls all those sort of weird house parties of weirder people yeah. and, you know, blurred lines and kind of shouldn't, just rotten sort of sexiness, I suppose. I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. No shame. I think rotten sexiness is a great answer <laughs> to your coming Oh, but yeah, but yeah, there's obviously other like weird things where you're like, you know, Thundercats. I know that was a show, but you know, you shouldn't fancy cats, should you? Thundercats were sexy. Oh uh, no, Thundercats is really hot. Yeah, thanks. Okay, thank you. Panthro. You listen, you're absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? Oh, God, this is so difficult. Are they, no one can answer this properly, can they? Surely. I don't know. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. That's it. It's my cousin Vinny. That is it. I've got to say it. Academy Award winner, my cousin <laughs> Vinny. <laughs> that is the great... Uh, yeah, perfect. I mean, I can't argue with it. It's a perfectly <laughs> structured, perfectly written, perfectly acted film. And it's, it's funny. It's perfect. It's per- I mean, Jaws, I think Jurassic Park could be it as well. Yeah, Jurassic Park might be. be it. I love Steven Spielberg, I've realised, but I'm going to have to go with my cousin Vinny. <laughs> or, oh, I don't know, this is so no, hard. No, I think, I mean, it's a, it, <laughs> it's it's a really good film. It's perfect, is what it is. It's the greatest film of all time, maybe. Mm, but I'll tell you what else is a perfect film. And how I, tr- how I tried to think about this was... Now, this might be my real answer because how I try to think about it is, you know, like the perfect book, you go, okay, that's a perfect thing because it's the, it's perfect prose, perfectly structured or a perfect song or a perfect thing. I thought, what is the perfect use of film? Mm -hmm. And all that it can come with, like the soundtracks and camera work and structure and story and plotting and casting, Friday is perfect. You're right. You are I think right. everyone's got a theme tune. You know, it's a, a triumph over adversity. You know, they get the girl. Th- there's guns. There's there's parents. You know, passing on wisdom. Like my mum said, if this was if this film was set in a kind of, you know, quaint Portuguese fishing village, it would be probably held as the greatest film of all time. But it's you know in LA, South Central LA, and it's just a beautiful story. It's funny. It's yeah. silly. It's. You can watch it again and again. It's quotable. It's a perfectly lovely, beautifully structured thing, isn't it? God. <laughs> You're right. You're right on both counts. You have to pick on Friday or my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Friday. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. Perfect answer. You get it. <laughs> okay. What is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? <sighs> okay. What have I probably... 
uh, it's changed over the years. As a youngster, it was Commitments, and I probably watched the Commitments. Wow. Uh, I think I love soul music because of it. I think I love, yeah. I, I think I love Wilson Pickett and um, Otis Redding and Aretha Franklin because of this film. And I think that's from my formative years. I think I've watched the I think I could act out the Commitments for you right now, start to finish. Like, do you know what I mean? I've watched it that much. But in recent years, Go. I'd say it's when, <laughs> in recent years, it might be when Harry met Sally. We, oh, we, we watch it a lot. Me and my husband perfect. watch it a lot. It's perfect. That's a perfect film. It's I, a perfect I, film. I haven't seen The Commitments in a long time. My thing with The Commitments is I thought it was brilliant, the music's brilliant, etc. I think I find it really depressing. It's a really depressing... Because of how it sort of all falls apart. And I think it's really sad and like... Yeah. But I maybe need to see it again. But my reason I haven't gone back to it is I think I find it really depressing in the end. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's just the Irish for you. They love it, don't they? They love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, maybe I liked it because of that. I think I'm a little yeah. bit of a, a tragic weirdo like that because, you know, give give me grease flying off into the sky. Give me eight mile, you know, give me Rocky. You you want the win at the end, but there's just it's something. No, it's no Rocky for. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> what am I talking about? Um <laughs> But yes, all right, I'll have to watch that again. Oh, God, I'm busy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What's the worst film you've ever seen? Oh, gosh. Let's not God, be this too is... negative, please. It's hard to be negative. Do you know, I mean, it's again, it's the hyped films. I'm going to Inception. Like, every time you say Inception weren't that good, people, every man will go, oh, you didn't get it. But it's one concept. <laughs> like, it's one concept played out. Over the whole uh, film. And I don't know whether that's just me. Someone, I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like, it's almost like, oh, I get it. You know when someone tells yeah, you something, yeah. you go, yeah, I get it. And then they keep talking. That's what that film was. Yeah, I get it. Inception. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that is a very good description. <laughs> yeah, you it. got I've it. Got, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, crack on, do your little thing. <laughs> Fold your cities up. Come on, I get oh, I'll it. tell you what. I tell you what. I watched the other night though, as well. And this is something right. that I probably used like Casino. That's a bad film. That is an oh. awful film. Is it? Oh, it oh. does not stand the test. Oh, it does not stand the test of time, and it makes no sense. Watch it. I think Scorsese wrote it after he shot it. <laughs> <'Cause> he, really? <laughs> listen, watch it again, Brett. I'm telling you, watch it mm. again. You'll go. What is actually happening here? <laughs> it is fur coat, no knickers. It is honestly, it is, wow. it's bad. Wow. It's genuinely bad. Wow. Laura coming in hot. Oh, well, yeah. Wow. That might be in my, you know what I had as breakfast club. That I yeah. love that film. Like I love Scorsese, but. You're taking out Nolan and Scorsese. Jesus. <laughs> I, know, I know, yeah. Come, come, come in it. What? I've got friends, yeah. <laughs> come uh, at me. <laughs> uh, wow. All right, yeah. Then. You're in comedy, you're an award winner, you're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most, Laura Smith? Oh, God. Oh, this is really hard. This is so difficult to... Uh, uh, the, uh, oh, this is so difficult. I mean, Dumb and Dumber might be up there, you know. It's fucking funny. It's funny. I laughed at that film, man. That is up there. But, you know, also, I just... Napoleon Dynamite will make me laugh every, every bit of it. Oh, there's just too many films. There's too... I mean, Airplane is just... They're just... You know, I know these are all obvious ones, I know, but they're so funny. The Castle. I love Australian I films. I love you watch, The Castle. Oh, tell him he's dreaming. We can't... I quote... It's stuff I quote a lot. You know, that kind of go... Yeah. My husband will still go, what do you call this? Oh, ice cream. <laughs> like, it's, like, <laughs> it's just... I love it. I love it. I just love it. Yeah, so The Castle might be up there as well. That's um, great. What's it? What, yeah, the hunt for the wilder people. That's that's a joy as well. Yeah, that's, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, antipathy and stuff. Love it. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Laura Smith, you have been an absolute joy. You've been brilliant. Oh, thank you. You've been wonderful. You've been deep. You've been funny. You've been amazing. However, <laughs> when you was walking down the street and someone was shooting at a kid and you were like, hang on, you were like, not, not on my uh, street and you jumped in front of the bullet. Yeah. And because you're very fast and yeah. the bullet hit you straight through the chest, bang, went through you, but dead. You died, but you didn't, you died quite slow and the kid came and the kid said, thank you. And the person sh- shooting the kid went, oh, I'll never do this again. I've learned my lesson. And you said, that's right, you have. And then you said to the kid, earn this. And then you, <laughs> and then you close your eyes. And I was yeah. walking past with a coffee. And you know what I'm like? And I was like, is that yeah. Laura? And the kid said, yeah, Laura just took a bullet from me. And I went, fuck, you know, that was nice of her. And I went, yeah. She went, and the kid went, I don't even know her, but she has told me to earn this. So I've probably got to live a good life now. And the guy with the gun went, yeah, I actually feel bad about all of this, so I'm probably going to live a good life too. And I went, good, well, I'm glad you've both learned your lesson. And yeah. I said, could you help me with the body? And they say, yeah, do you need, what do you need? I said, a couple of axes. We get, they grab a couple of axes. We chop you up, chop you up, chop you up, chop you up. We get you in the coffin, we stuff you in. There's more than I was expecting. The coffin is absolutely rammed. There's only enough room in this coffin for me to slide one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And in chicken wing heaven, there's movie night oh. every night. What film are you taking to show the chicken wings in chicken wing heaven? When it's your movie night, Laura Smith, please. Oh, do you know what it is, right? Okay. Because, oh, like I said, I'm so close to all my family. Everything's like by jury and we, we all, mm-hmm. there's general consensus and everything. I feel like Harry Met Sally I share with my husband. Strictly Born I share with all, all my sisters. Um, Friday I definitely just share with my brother, copied him. You know, all of <laughs> that stuff, right? I feel like my cousin Vinny is the film that's like, this is my time. You know what I mean? I've got I've got a whole kilo of chicken wings and it's me. It's me and Marissa Tomei in yeah. all her brilliant outfits. And it's Love it. a perfect, perfect courtroom drama. Pisses all over it, a few good men. I mean, it's just perfect. It's the perfect thing. So yeah, it's my cousin Vinny. Laura Smith, thank you. Is there anything you you would like to tell people to look out for, to watch for in the coming months with Laura Smith? Well, yeah, I am touring, baby. I'm touring um, in uh, the UK and um, Ireland. Um, So there'll be a September, October leg as well. A lot of the other stuff sold out. Um, Happy Empire in June. So that's really exciting. And it's um, called Living My Best Life, which is slightly tongue in cheek, but also really true. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's nice. So, yeah. Oh, man. Laura, 
I've loved this so much. Thank you for doing it. I have. Thank you for everything. Thank you. I think you, you, everyone's going to leave this a better person. And uh, shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you, especially yeah, the kid I is. saved wow, from man. shooting. It's really amazing what you did, Laura. Oh no, that's, that's you, me. Do you know what? Regret. That's you all over. That is. That's a bit of you, that. Jumping in front of a bullet for a kid you don't know, that's a bit of you. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. Um, and thank you. And just, it's so exciting. All my family have been oh. so excited that I'm doing this because they're such huge fans and oh, you're such a star. Up. And it's so exciting oh. watching you do all the big, exciting, shut shiny things that you up. deserve. So Get off. Shut right, so... up. Shut up. That's the secret I wanted shut to tell. Up. I love oh, Say hello to your family for me and uh, I will stop the recording and have a wonderful day. Good day to you, Laura. That was episode 288. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets, beginnings and endings and video with Laura. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. If you want, you don't have to. You can do whatever you want. Live your life. Thank you so much to Laura for giving me her time. Thank you all for listening. I very much hope you're well. Go see Laura on tour. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for an absolute banger of a guest. But I hope you're all well. That is it for now. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.